Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was William McGinn who said, What is a roofless cathedral compared to a well-built pie? Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. The following encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze is a favorite from our archives. Hope you enjoy this second helping. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry. Oh, what a show we have for you. Our best ever Thanksgiving recipes and wines, they're all up there. You can go right now to foodschmooze.org. Schmooze spelled like school, S-C-H. M-O-O-Z-E, foodschmooze.org, and you can see everything, including how Sheila Lukens of the Silver Palette used one spice and butter to make her turkey taste great, and we love the simplicity. We think no matter what you do with your turkey, it's all about the gravy. Don't you guys think that's oh, right? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and we have Best Chris part. Prosperi's knockout gravy recipe that is so easy to make. There is no flour in it. Can't wait to tell you about that. Our special guest is Kate McDermott, author of Art of the Pie. We have posted now several of her recipes. Wines, we have you covered with value wines for big crowds and a beauty that you'll want to bring for a host gift or present as a present during the holidays. Delicious wines starting at $10 and moving right on up. All of it posted right now, as I said, at foodschmooze.org. Okay, let's talk about what Thanksgiving gravy can do. What is the purpose of gravy? I think the gravy <laughs> saves the day. Yeah, what doesn't it, it do? It, well, it, it can fix all kinds of problems. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I'm a therapist? <laughs> You're saying, it is the therapist of the meal. <laughs> <Let me> just, <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Alice. That's good. No, that's what it let is. Me, let, me, let me just say, let me tell you who I'm with. I'm sorry I didn't do that. This is Chris Brosberry. We have Alex Province. They are senior contributors, and we have Robin Doyon Aiken, who is senior producer of the show. I love being with these people. Gravy is the therapist of the meal. It <laughs> saves the day, right? Turkey had a stressful bake. <laughs> maybe spent a little too much time in the oven having too much fun. Got a little dry, you know. The turkey comes out. Yeah. The therapist goes, get on the couch. The turkey's partner <laughs> yeah. is cheating yeah. on Take a bath. Yeah. Take a bath. <laughs> Take a bath. Yeah, there you go. So here's the thing. That gravy, if you make a good gravy, the turkey can be made ahead, as we talked to you about last year. We'll get back to that subject. This gravy goes on your potatoes if you have them. It can be oh. spread over a lot of things. So it can reheat the turkey. Mm -hmm. It can save the day. Gravy is, sometimes there are condiments that are the point of the meal. And turkey, let's face it, turkey is so neutral. <laughs> we do everything. We turn ourselves upside down yeah. to make it more interesting. <laughs> it's okay that it's neutral. It's just that it needs a little assistance, the way eggs need bacon. So, yes, you know, you, you add uh, fruit, you add fat, you add salt and spice. 
spices. You do a lot of things to turkey. Mm. The gravy saves the day, that yeah. moisture, that it makes mouth feel just mm. incredible, that luscious gravy in the mouth on top of that meaty turkey. It's delicious. And stuffing. Try okay. stuffing. Let's let's talk oh, about it. I love gravy. And then when you make the little volcano with your mashed potatoes, oh. what would you put in it if you <laughs> didn't course. have gravy? How do you make your volcano? With the spoon. You yeah. push, you make a big mound of mashed yep. potatoes and then you push the spoon you into it. it to make your little divot yep. and then you pour your great, come on, Faith. I don't you do pour that. your gravy <gasps> into yeah. it so it's wow. like a little gravy bowl. Where have I been? This is oh, really wow. sounds fun. Because Sometimes you go to Thanksgiving dinner at relatives' houses and they make, you know, four tablespoons of gravy. Uh-huh. So you got to like get it on your plate and not look like you're hogging it all. So you but put it like, in a well. Yeah, so you put it in a you well. Hide it. So you, yeah, you in a volcano. It, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's why make it ahead, make lots of gravy. Yeah, good gravy. Yeah, that's can't, what we can't, say. Have, can't have enough gravy. All right, let's let's talk about the you know, we as we mentioned, we have wines and we have side dishes, we have all kinds of things at foodschmooze.org. There's a search box there. Makes it so easy for you. All you do, as Robin likes to say, is type in the word Thanksgiving and you'll come to recipes, recipes, recipes in every possible category, new ones for this season, and our archive of recipes. So we're going to get back to this gravy issue and how long the turkey can rest and all that. But for right now, I look up gravy recipes and I get a little glum because they seem so complicated. And I think I'm doing all these other things. Do I have the time, the wherewithal to get into this gravy to this degree. So we've set up the idea that the gravy is all important. Chris, you make the most amazing gravy, and thank you for sharing your recipe with all of our listeners and with us. Welcome, but it's simple, and that's the key to making good gravy. Tell us how you do yours. I think let's go back to the ones that you said you saw. They all start with making a roux, most of them anyway, and that's when you take butter and flour and cook it and cook it and cook it. And that's a whole different process. It's a whole other recipe. Besides, what do you need the flour for? What do you need the flour for? So I always say if you're going to do a good gravy for Thanksgiving, thicken it with cornstarch. It's the simplest way, right? It's cornstarch and water. Cornstarch and water. So no matter what you put in your gravy, that's how we're going to thicken it. I always like to start with some wine. Wait a minute. We're getting the pot out. Start us from the very beginning. What what kind of pot do you want? I use a nice, sturdy sauce pot. And I use a big one because, like I said, I want to make a lot of gravy. I'm going to make over just over a quart because I'm going to use a quart of broth in my Mm. make-ahead gravy. Alex and Robin, at our family Thanksgiving at my sister's in Chatham on the Cape – we make a lot of gravy, and mm-hmm. we do that because we're having it not only during the meal, but then we have it at night when we start snacking. Uh-huh. Then we have it for the next two days at least. On sandwiches? Mm-hmm. Oh, every which way. You right. know what I mean? makes the leftovers yeah. possible. Yeah, exactly. And if you have any extra, extra gravy, I always like two days later, I throw it in my soup. Yeah, I'm making that's my turkey do. soup. I yeah. just <gasps> dump it in my yeah. turkey soup, and it helps thicken my soup. Yeah. I say this again. You can't make enough. We have to stop right uh, there. Can I say that that is a genius idea to use the leftover gravy, if there is any, mm-hmm. to thicken your turkey soup? Yeah. That's no amazing waste. as an idea. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and it reminds me, Alex, we've got to get mm-hmm. back to you because how you use the turkey carcass to make a stock. So we're going to get back oh, yeah. to that. So, Chris, we've got your big saucepan, stock mm-hmm. about spaghetti pot, whatever yep. you want to call it. It's out there. What is the very next step? You can do a lot of different things. One of the recipes I have. how you make your gravy. So a lot of recipes I have have bacon and onion in there. Mm-hmm. So you start off by cooking that. But you don't need that, right? Uh-huh. Okay. You don't need but to do that. But does it hurt? It doesn't hurt. I always like it. Or push, you, you could do, do it with your gravy, yeah. uh-huh. the dripping at the restaurant. Uh-huh. Tell me how you do it. Go All ahead. Right. Lay right. it so, on me. so a very uh, very elusive. <laughs> no, because I make different gravies. I make it's very James uh, no, listen, Bond. About I make that. different gravies. No, let's give. Let's go to the basic. Let's go to the basics. Right. Get the pot. Put it on the stove. Get some wine, red or white. It doesn't matter. Whatever you have open. One or two cups. One cup. One cup of one wine. cup. Red or white doesn't Red matter. or white. Put it in there. Reduce it by half. Simple, right? Simmer. Simmer. By half. Okay, okay, good. And then you're going to put in your broth. And I, and you can either make your own chicken broth or you can just buy a box of good low-sodium chicken broth. Low-sodium is the key. Yeah, because, again, you You'll wanna, add salt later. You can add salt later, but you can't take salt out. And this is going to reduce a little bit. So no matter what you start with, you're going to end up with a little less. Okay. Right? People like Swanson. That's a good one. And there's they, also oh, there's yeah. so many now. Just you know, know. taste them. Whatever. Okay, so you've reduced the wine. Mm-hmm. Now you're adding – and there's nothing else in there. Now you're adding the broth. Mm-hmm. How much? I use the whole quart, like I said. Okay. It comes in a quart. I use the whole thing because it always. I always think Into, about like when I'm using half. What the heck would you do with the other half? Now what do you? <laughs> okay. Now what do you? Bring doing? it up to a simmer, and mm-hmm. this is where you thicken it with cornstarch, and that's a slurry of equal parts cornstarch and cold water. You mix it with your finger until. So it's in a little measuring cup, a bowl, anything mm-hmm. you have. Equal parts, cornstarch. Mm-hmm. So how much cornstarch would you use for a uh, big pot like that? Four tablespoons of cornstarch, four tablespoons of water. Four and, and then four. Four and four. And then you thicken it to your you likeness. Just, with your sp- spoon or whatever, yeah. you just stir it in a bowl. Yeah, and then and it, as you're simmering. it into the pot. As it's simmering. And if you use all of it, you'll get a very thick gravy. And mm-hmm. if you're like me, I like it a little looser. You know, so I'll add the equivalent of, of three tablespoons of water. Three, but again, you you'll see it. Add it slowly, and it'll thicken as you pour it in there. The more you add, the thicker it gets. Okay. Okay. Mm. Then I season it with a little bit of whole butter. Yum. No, how much? Really? Seriously? Would you do at your house how on much? Thanksgiving? Yeah, on Thanksgiving, a which stick? is a, a, stick. Stick. a whole yeah, stick, stick. In yeah. indul- a whole stick, a day of indulgence. A whole stick. I yeah. like just that. throw the whole a whole stick. stick. <laughs> I saw that coming. You throw the whole stick Whole stick. In. And when no one's licking, I'll put another half. <laughs> oh, okay. One and a half stick. Okay. But, but if no, you're watching. Yeah, yeah. No, you could put a good stick stick in half in there with no problem. All right. And whisk that Go in. Ahead. And yeah. then I like to season it with balsamic vinegar and a little Worcestershire sauce and black pepper. And that's it. Ooh, and then you taste it. Wait, 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 wait. No, we have all the ingredients. Yeah, you, have, you have them on the website. On the website. Yeah. Foodschmooze.org. Uh, you put in a little balsamic. A little Worcestershire now, why sauce. Do you, a little. Now, why do you do that? I like the acidity, right? Of because the balsamic. balsamic and the unami and saltiness the of the Worcestershire. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then you have a perfect balance, oh, right? Wow. And that's what makes the gravy yummy. Is okay. That goes in at the end? Can that I? goes in at the end. And then no. you taste it. And if it needs a little more salt, yeah, it's salt. Let me raise something here for you because I've been researching gravy for seven days, nonstop, weekdays, weeknights. Weekends, I have been like a gravy maniac. This is what I've been doing because I realize that one, you know, you get just a flash. In years past, I've never gotten this flash so strongly. It is all about the gravy. Mm -hmm. So much is. So I go online and what do I find 
at one site that I respect, this idea of putting in a quarter teaspoon, let's say a teaspoon, but somewhere between a quarter, a half, and a teaspoon of that British condiment called Marmite. Oh, yes. Marmite is this very salty thing. I don't even know what's in Marmite. Like yeast, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's it's a kind of yeast-based product. Mm -hmm. It's English. It's in the Mm -hmm. British section in almost every major supermarket. I know it's Stop and Shop. It's right there. Remember the chili guy who did the vegetarian chili and said if you put a little Marmite in, it gives it a neat feel in the mm-hmm. mouth That's and a neat taste umami yeah. so wow. somebody said someone i respect online to use just a touch of marmite in your gravy it's going to give it that umami mouth yes. feel it's going to give it a body it's going to seem that meat thing is going to get mm-hmm. jacked up Ugh. chris what do you think about that that's a great idea there's some gravy sometimes when i think i'm missing something mm-hmm. nutritional yeast is what i go to which yeah. is very similar to marmite, marmite. yeah, yeah. Wow. and you get that at any health food store right but it has that or any supermarket yeah, yeah nutritional flavor. yeast yeah it has that oh, nutritional, nutritional yeast. yeast i get at the at the health food Store in it's like town. brewers. So would it's you, like brewers would you take anything out of your gravy? The the Worcestershire sauce adds that, right? That's my component to add that meatiness, that umami. So you could do both. You could do both, but maybe cut it back a little bit. Cut the well, Worcestershire back a little would bit. Would you and choose add the one? Let's let's get clear. Would you choose one over the other? As I'm sitting here right now, honestly, I choose the marmite. Okay. Right? Wouldn't you? Because yeah. of that, I know what Should it does. Should we go online and adapt the recipe? We could. Or we could just put a line in there that says, yeah, try in, Marmite. In place yeah, of... Because, and I use Worcestershire... People don't like to experiment Yeah, and I, and, I, and I use Worcestershire sauce <laughs> you because... You ruined it. <laughs> no, 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 no listen. <laughs> I use Worcestershire sauce because I know every place, <laughs> I, every home I've ever been to, like when you're having dinner or you're helping yeah. them cook or something, uh-huh. all you have to do is open a cupboard and or a refrigerator and you'll find a jar or a bottle of Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. Worcestershire oh, yeah. sauce. Yeah. Right? Because everyone has one, right? I put it in my eggs. Yeah, it's just always there. So I know that's the reason I use it. With curry. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let's put Marmite in our Bloody Marys. <gasps> like yeah, right. totally. Speaking yeah. of well, there's no, there's a let's do that. Yeah, let's do There's it. a Bloody Mary version that has Genius. the uh, beef broth, right? The yeah. Bloody Bull has the beef broth, and that would oh, be that, that would be similar. That would be the replacement. Yeah, and for it right would be vegetarian. You're a vegetarian yeah. or anyone. So why don't know? we see Marmite more? You know, you have to get used to it. You think, what do I do with this? Because I'm I'm Scotch. When I was growing up, we would have toast. Mm-hmm. With a little butter and then just a very light schmear, Mm -hmm. as we said, of Marmite. Mm -hmm. And it is this yeasty, salty thing, and it would taste delicious. You You felt like you were really having something. And you know, a little so, goes a long way. I think Worcestershire oh, yeah. sauce too. Quarter you don't teaspoon. you don't drink a teaspoon of Worcestershire sauce and go yum. I do. You do. <laughs> I, I like don't it. because it's it's that strong, right? Okay. All right. So all right. So Marmite's our so, go-to from now. Okay. On. All right. We're, and we're going to put a note. We're going to adapt this as fast as we can. As yeah. soon as and we're I'm done with the show, and I'm going to try a recipe with it. And we're going to say if you would like to substitute Marmite, there are some we'll people who much. say we and would Vegemite, say Vegemite Marmite are the same, right? I don't know. We're okay, don't do ask me. Do I, you know research. what? I am I am devoted to the to Marmite. <laughs> to the Marmite. <laughs> I, it's like a real thing. We don't. We're not. There's no guessing game. Yeah. I'm just going with the Marmite. So we're not talking Vegemite on the show. We're talking Marmite. She's brand centric. <laughs> we're good. Okay. I'm being true to my heritage. Mm-hmm. All right. So Chris, that's how you make your gravy. Mm-hmm. 
and that is perfect. His recipe is at our website, foodschmooze.org. Coming up, we have, we've got about a minute to the break, and then on the other side of that, we've got these special wines to tell you about. All through this holiday period, we're going to be adding more and more and more wines at all these different price points. They are Faith Middleton Food Schmoo's favorites. We've sent our team out to find really good wines for you at a good price, whether they are gift wines at a little slightly higher price or they are crowd wines at $10, $12, $14. Okay, so we've got all that for you. We've got The Art of the Pie with Kate McDermott coming your way. And oh my goodness, we've even got a gluten-free nut-based pie crust that I cannot wait to try for my gluten-free friends and um, all kinds of other things. She has a pie cottage, Mm. and she leads pie camps. She (laughs) teaches you how to make pie from scratch. I love her. I Really, I want to move to Washington State. So if the show suddenly emanates from Washington State, I hope you will stay with us because all these folks are coming with me. Okay, so we've got side dishes for you. We're continuing with our Thanksgiving coverage. It is so fun to have this holiday coming and all the other ones that are so food-centric. It's just really, really great for us. It is the busiest time of year on our site, so join all the others and go to foodschmooze.org. More mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry, especially at this time of year. We are online now, foodschmooze.org. We'll be right back. which is what we're all about. You go to our site, you just sign up for it once, basic information, and then every week we automatically send the podcast to you. And so you don't miss anything. You can listen on your schedule. You're in the doctor's waiting room and you want to have some fun. Are you driving somewhere and you want to plug it in and say, I want to listen, Chris, you do that. I listen to my own show on the podcast because I think, how did we do this? What did we say? This is like the way to go. You know, life is so wild. Yeah. 
It is so unpredictable, so wild. I hope you want to just have a little party in your life. That's why we're doing this podcast. And just the other day, I got in the car. It was past nine, and I listened to the show, but it had already started. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did we you talk to? You mean the to? 9 o'clock version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did we miss before? And I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to do that. So I stopped listening. <laughs> Even though it was on air, I stopped listening to the rebroadcast at nine. And I went back, and podcast. I started it from the beginning, caught up, and I'm podcast. like – I know. <laughs> so we, we turn it into a Friday night event. We build a fire, get on the couch. It's like, you know, the old fire you know, oh, side chat. It's just Very turn cool. it into really? a fun evening, nice cocktail. Oh, and, how yeah. fun. Oh, my so God. After a busy fun. week, cool. it calms us down. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and our That's show is idea. even better with wine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and cocktail. <laughs> okay. Um, so all you do is go to foodschmooze.org. And it says sign up for the podcast here once. That's all it takes. We just want to be part of the world where people listen the way they need to because all we want to do in public broadcasting is connect with you. Okay, so I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast's restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, with us soon Mark Raymond of Santa Carolina Wines, who is traveling, doing all kinds of things, will be back with us soon. Okay, Robin Doyen Aiken, senior producer, with us. We're going to go to Wines for you now for the holiday season, no matter what holiday you're celebrating. And we're going to do a quick chat about Marmite. We forgot to say that Marmite has a minuscule amount of what's left over from beer making. Not good at all for celiac people. But for some highly gluten-sensitive people, Mm -hmm. you want to just do a little test to see if it's okay for you. Or use the yeast extract or the nutritional yeast extract that has gluten. Yeah, that's that's gluten-free. If you're gluten-sensitive or And that's gluten-free. So use the marmite if you're not and the the nutritional yeast if you want. Beautiful thing. Okay. You heard us talking about gravy at the beginning of the show. You heard us say that Mm -hmm. gravy saves the day on Thanksgiving. It's like ketchup on french fries. (laughs) I mean, it's like the thing. Sometimes you just want the french fries to dip in the ketchup or the M1 sauce or whatever you're doing, the malt vinegar. Mm-hmm. This is what the gravy story is. It saves the day. It covers up mistakes that you make if you've <laughs> hacked away at your turkey. Mm-hmm. It rewarms the turkey. Yeah. And that brings up a few comments that we had last year when we said to people, let your turkey rest after you've cooked it. There are reasons for this technically that food scientists explain the juices come back. The turkey kind of puffs up with liquid. Yeah, it just gets so yummy and it's juicy. moist and again. Flavorful. Okay. Some people get a little nervous about that. They say, how can you have it sitting out? It's going to dry out. It's going to be cold. Gravy people. The Ina mm-hmm. Garten genius technique, gravy saves the day. When it's hot gravy bringing it, it's called the breath of the wok. In Chinese cooking, breath of the wok means the second it's done, you rush it to the table so it's hot on your plate. Mm. Gravy, hot, brought right to the table. Last thing you do, pour it all over the turkey, bring that platter to the table. Oh, it's great. (laughs) Don't worry about your turkey. Yeah. Okay, here we go. No more stress. We don't like stress on Thanksgiving. Okay, it's better. You want to do some wine? So we got some beautiful 
one here. And that one that we tasted, yeah. we had it with lunch. We did with a little lunch with brunch. like a pre-Thanksgiving kind of thing. Thanks to that Chris. was like one of the best Thanksgiving wines I think I've ever tasted. Perfect for yeah. Thanksgiving. And this is an Alex Province find. It is. What would you say, Alex? This is around. Mm -hmm. for this. And this is a French wine into my glass. Okay, thank you. That's great. Um, Wonderful. So we have this on the website. We have a picture of the wine itself. If you feel nervous ever about pronouncing a wine that we use, you can just show them the label at your wine store or you can spell it for them off the label, call ahead to your wine store. We set this up on our website for you, foodschmooze.org. This is beautiful with turkey and sides. Mm. Very good, right? Smooth. And let me. Mm. Alex, why did I find this to be the best one mm. I've ever had with it's, turkey and sides? It's There's smooth. something about it's it. It's smooth. We haven't had gamay on the uh, show before. The grape. Oh, the grape. Gamay. That's and, why. And so tell me about that grape. Is that the Beaujolais grape? That's right. So this is um, from the south of Burgundy, and it's just very soft. It's velvety. And Thanksgiving has so many different kinds of foods on the table that you need a wine that sort of seamlessly can pair with the turkey, the gravy, and cranberries. So if you had something that's really tannic or too structured, it's mm. it's going to compete with food. So having a wine like this that's so gentle I and flavorful agree. and fruity. Yeah, and the funny thing yum. is that here's the irony that the French, who really don't understand turkey. Or Thanksgiving. Or Thanksgiving, <laughs> have made a wine that is so perfect. This is widely yeah. available yeah, in so our sense. area. Yeah. Have made this wine that is so beautiful perfect with our for turkey yeah. and our sides. I mean, it's just kind of hilarious. But they, it so, even looks like cranberry. As you can see on the site, it's called Cote de Bruyne. That's the region. That's the place. And name of the town. The winemaker, meaning the vineyard, is Domaine Lanieu. You don't even have to know how to. That's just the hardest look part. <laughs> just look it up. <laughs> just pronouncing it. Yeah. So this is a 2014. It's important to say that. Twenty-three dollars. If you've got a big crowd, some people can afford to spend $23 a bottle. It'll be less by the case. But if you can't, we have got another wine coming up for you that is less expensive. This is also a beautiful wine for just sipping to bring over to somebody's house when you're coming in the door for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Beautiful, beautiful wine. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love this. And Alex, this Cote de Bruyne. This is one of just 10 villages in France. So there's only 10 towns that can put their uh, name on the bottle. So you see Cote de Brie, so that's the name of the village. It's all, you know, as close to organically farmed as possible. They don't irrigate. Cote de Brie is this old ancient volcano, so the soil type is just this blue schist that, you know, weeds don't even grow there. But somehow the vine <laughs> survives. And Isn't that beautiful? It's, it's really Isn't that yeah. nature at its best? I said to Alex last night, give me some words about this wine, you know, as I taste it. What do you think? And so he writes to me and... And he says, all these grapes are sorted and harvested by hand. They're aged in these concrete tanks, Mm. which are neutral. Concrete is neutral. It's not imparting anything to the grapes. It is like the grapes in the bottle. 
and I said, you know, what's the aroma? Give me something sensual. And he writes and says, in the glass, this smells like ripe raspberry and black cherries. And when it's in your mouth, the wine has this like lip-smacking, juicy quality. Mm. And yet there's a bit of structure. It's like drinking dark roasted black coffee. And that means it holds up to food. The guy's a sensualist. That's why we <laughs> love this, right? That's why we're into wine. By the way, this vintage received, this 2013, 95 points in decanter magazines. What foods go with this? Well, we know turkey and a lot of the side dishes, so it's perfect for Thanksgiving and a lot of the holiday meals. I would, even though it's not wildly structured and it's more elegant, I would have this with absolutely anything through the holidays. I would have it with ham. I would have it with swordfish. I would sip this by the fire with friends coming over. Listening to the podcast. Listening to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dear. That sounds self-promotional, doesn't it? (laughs) What is she thinking saying that? Um, You know, really, I can't think of anything that it may be Mm. red sauce. This Mm. would not be good for red sauce, right? Fun to drink, though, right? It's just so lovely. It's fresh. Lovely, Mm. lovely. It's bright. It feels fresh and bright. And you Mm. know what? If you want to give a present to somebody between $20, $25 you think is good, this is a lovely choice. So go to foodschmooze.org, see what we tell you, picture of the label or the bottle. Beautiful. And Faith, you know, when we give a bottle as a gift, I just take a Swiffer or a kitchen cloth. I polish the bottle up really nicely so it's shiny. I throw just a ribbon on, you know, on the front of it. And it's like two seconds and you have like the perfect you gift. You don't put it in a bag or anything well, like that. Rib- uh, you know, uh, just one of those bows or something <laughs> looks great on a shiny bottle. And you carry it in one hand and give a hug. You know, it's just so oh, easy. Oh, I love that. And you say, open this. It's for oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even pulled the cork halfway <laughs> out. In the other hand, you have the corkscrew. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, what do you think? Would you serve this with your holiday meal? I loved it. Yeah. It was awesome. I know. It really I'm is. I'm going to have this with my turkey sandwich after Thanksgiving dinner oh. is all over. I'm going to oh, wow. have this leading yeah. up to the meal. Sometimes oh, nice. I like a yeah. sparkler, but I'm going to have this leading yeah. up to the meal. That's a great idea. Okay. So now if you're someone who said, you know, that sounds great as a host gift or a special night, just the two of us, because it's $23. But if you're someone who says, look, I got a crowd or I'm having a party and I need something at a different price point, we have got it for you. And it is a Cabernet Sauvignon. But the reason it is $12 a bottle is that it is from a country that makes wine that is hand harvested, handmade. So we're talking about Argentina. Argentina's does has crept up a little bit in price, but this one is what I call a sassy charmer. This is a Cabernet Sauvignon. I think this also goes with turkey, is a great sipper by the fire, goes with grilled anything, grilled Mm. sausages, can go with turkey. This is a great weeknight table wine, a great party sipper. You want to, as I mentioned, grab it by the fire. You want to just turn up the music. At $12 a bottle, you can't go wrong. I I think it's kind of sassy because there's blackberry, other dark fruits. Maybe there's a little plum in here. Maybe tangoing Argentina (laughs) Mm. with a little bit of spice. And there's a thing we call the teabag effect. It doesn't sound appealing, but it does something with food. If Mm. you feel on the sides of your tongue when you Mm -hmm. take a sip, this is Finca El Origen is the maker 
I'll tell you the name of it in just a second, pouring it into the glass. So this Cabernet Sauvignon is deep and dark and red, $12. What a bargain. And that tea bag thing means that you feel the very slightest pucker on the sides of your tongue is if you had touched the sides of your tongue with a tea bag. You know how tea, mm, certain teas, English breakfast make you do mm. that? That quality mm-hmm. in a wine makes it very food friendly. And cleansing, right? Yeah, like it, eating the mashed potatoes. I can just see good. taking a whole system of protein to yeah. steak. To so here's, here's the wine. It's at foodschmooze.org. $12.00. And you want to serve it with anything roasted or grilled, sturdy cheese, uh, chicken, turkey, chops, even swordfish I would have this mm-hmm. with, hanging around, people walking in, party wine. Uh, the winemaker is Finca El Origen. It's from Argentina. It's an estate reserve, Cabernet Sauvignon, 2014. Never mind. Go to foodschmooze.org. Picture of the label on that site. And Two you're, great you're, choices. Yeah, I, I mean, I think two price points, yeah. and two either gift wine, uh, maybe you can afford mm-hmm. to have this mm-hmm. other one with the dinner. This buy, is a great party wine. On the table you make buy a case of this yeah. and you're off in the morning. That's what we're trying to do. We've yep. got a lot of wines up like this that. year. We've got the whole Thanksgiving kit. Mm-hmm. Go to our site and go in the search box right at the top of the page and type in Thanksgiving. My darlings, you will be happy. We've got <laughs> everything going on. We have a we have Brussels sprouts new with prosciutto in there and parmigiano mm. and the recipe I've adapted and these guys we've got Chris's gravy, we've got Alex's stuff. Oh mm. my goodness. We can't wait for you to see all this stuff. This is the food holiday of the year coming up, Thanksgiving. There are more Best of you of coming the to the site, yeah. honestly, Best than any other time of the year. It is just Agreed. awesome. <laughs> coming up, pie, the art of pie. If you don't bake pie, you're in luck. If you do, you're in luck. This woman <laughs> is amazing. Mm. Stay with us for that. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and of course the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken, and to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, podcasts, and our curated recommendations always online at foodschmooze.org. We love talking with you on Facebook. It's one of my favorite things. I love people who love to eat and drink. And when people start saying these things, I just can't help myself. I just jump in immediately. (laughs) And so we'd love to hear from you. If you hear something on the show and you want to start a conversation about that, please jump in 
just love to hear from you. Okay, I'm excited about this. This is a book called Art of the Pie, and it's Kate McDermott. She lives in the Northwest, and I want to tell you, she has a pie cottage. I don't even make pie. <laughs> and you want a pie and cottage? I want a pie cottage. I want to go to her. She does pie camp. She has, this woman is so lyrical about pie. She's a beautiful writer. Gorgeous photography in this book, thanks to Andrew Scrivani. And really great recipes. Many of these are on our website, including the gluten-free nut crust, which I love for my gluten-free friends. So, Art of the Pie, a practical guide to homemade crust, fillings, and life. Highly recommended by the Food Schmooze. Okay. Kate, welcome to the Food Schmooze Party. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm delighted to be here. I always love to talk about pie. The (laughs) cutest pie cottage I have ever seen, honestly. And it's filled with all this pie, all these historical pie items, right? Hanging all over, sitting all over. More and more all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's hardly room for pie, right? I have a collection of 98 pie pans. Well, you know, I'm your perfect customer because for your camp, I'm terrified of baking. Chris, too. I'm a kind of freelancer with recipes. I like to invent things. And I, you know, I get nervous about weighing ingredients and making mistakes. And so your book was so encouraging to me. Thank you. I remember one time I had the very, very good fortune of making pie with Ruth Reichel, which I talk about in the book. And at the end of the session, she said, Kate, this has been the most liberating experience. You break every rule and it turns out fine. And I think that if we lose our fear of, well, give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? If it doesn't turn out quite right, then just turn it into the lasagna pan and you've got the best crumble ever. (laughs) No, that's me. (laughs) I do make crumbles. So, Kate, you know what was encouraging to me when you acknowledged in the book that you had made mistakes in the very beginning starting to learn and you would just say, oh, well, I think I'll try again. Yeah, I think the reason I've been able to write as much as I have of hints and tricks is because I've made every mistake and just kind of continued on because I was fascinated by the subject. If this doesn't work, what does? And as I've taught all over the country, I have learned and continue to learn from each class some little trick or a little something that didn't work, well, how to fix that. And mm. uh, so I just continue to learn. This, this subject is endless and fascinating. I know you had a wonderful time with Julia Child, but it brings up, I did too, and I used to watch her go to food conferences. She wasn't just standing around in the lobby being Julia. She would race off to the classes because she had an interest in how things came to be, what was the history of the item. And so I can imagine her delving into one of these things, you know, say your pie camp and having the best time. She was never done learning her whole life. I agree with you. My time with her is so special. And the words that come to mind about her, she was a voracious, lifelong learner. Yeah, really wonderful. Okay, I can't help turning to one of your pies we have on the website, and it's cranberry pie. Oh, wow. you could, oh one it, of my favorites. Really? Wow. So, yeah. so this is for, of course, fall or winter holidays. If you like that sour cherry pie that is bright, 
this is a filling where you add pecans and orange zest or liqueur, and you serve it with champagne. So this is um, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And this is meant to inspire you because you probably don't have the book yet. We've got stuff about the book online at foodschmooze.org. So whole cranberries, fresh or unthawed and frozen, sugar, cornstarch, nutmeg, a little salt, fresh orange zest, chopped walnuts, if you can have them, double crust pie dough that you tell us how to make, a butter and a little bit of sugar for sprinkling on top, and then an egg wash, which makes the crust get brown and and shiny and beautiful, meaning egg white and a little bit of water, and you beat it with a fork. You can do that. Tell me about this cranberry pie. Well, this was one of these seasonal fruits that you know, we do get in our favorite holiday season, which I think should just be called, you know, the the pie holiday season. And um, (laughs) so when cranberries are around, I thought, well, let me see what happens with these. And it's quite easy. It's one of the easiest pies in the book. You just take some of the cranberries, about three-fourths of the cranberries, and kind of lightly buzz them up in a food processor. Not so that they're really fine, but just that they're cut down a little bit. Then I keep one cup of the cranberries whole so that I have different sizes and textures in there so it becomes a textural sensation Mm. when you're eating it. Because there's so much pectin in the cranberries, you only need about two and a half teaspoons of cornstarch Mm -hmm. to thicken this pie. A little grating of nutmeg, that little pinch of salt, I love to put in the orange flavoring. I think, you know, I always remember at our tables we had cranberry relishes that had orange in them. Yeah. So, you know, throw a little of that in. If you like Cointreau, that's always a nice, just, you know, you have your little bit that you're sipping there and you mm-hmm. just kind of whoops and put something <laughs> in the and, you So know, relaxing. And it, to me, it's just uh, a lovely and refreshing end to a celebratory meal that, you know, sparks up the conversation Okay, big question. If you or someone, and many people do traditionally, serve cranberry on the table to go with the turkey, is this going to feel to people like, oh, that's too much cranberry to bring it back as dessert? Or is this a beautiful echo to what you served on the table? Chris, do you have a thought Uh, on that? I love it because it's something I've never seen before. I don't think I've ever had cranberry pie. And why not? I think people would be very excited about it. Kate, what do you think? I think that there's enough of a brightness to it. It's a theme and variation. So I think it's pretty nice, actually, to have at the end. Okay, I've Mm. got to turn to this next recipe. Let me just say that this is Kate McDermott, and she does these pie camps around the country. She's done a cookbook that we love. It is called Art of the Pie. It's a practical guide to homemade crusts, fillings, and life. If you are not a baker, if you're scared of pies, this is the book for you. It has truly inspired me. I am really about to go on a pie-baking binge because of this woman. (laughs) You bring in the pies. And I want to know, because I've got gluten-free people around me, how to do – she's got great gluten-free recipes in here that she has spent an enormous amount of time perfecting because – Gluten-free stuff in a commercial sense can get thrown together in a corporate world, and there's a metallic taste. It's not really a pleasant experience. Mm. And so, Kate, I know you've devoted a lot of time to this. I want to turn now, before we get to the pumpkin pie, to the gluten-free nutty no-bake crust. How cool is this? So you've got almond meal, which you can get everywhere. People call it almond flour. 
hazelnut meal, you can get that, sugar, a little bit of salt, butter, and then everything gets thrown, right, Kate, in a bowl? You have to melt the butter first. So you're going to take those, the almond flour, the hazelnut flour, also, you know, almond meal, hazelnut meal. Actually, if you want to make it all almond meal or all hazelnut meal, you could do that too or any, you know, combination. You know, add a little sugar in there, the salt, melt the butter, and then mix those things together, and then you press it into the pie pan. Mm-hmm. That's it. How That's my pie crust. That and then chill, chill that crust for a little bit, uh, you know, for best? about two that hours or so. I mean, whether you're gluten-free or not, that's just a fabulous pie crust oh, yeah. it right is. there. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. always looking one that you don't have to bake or stretch well, or roll. For me, or... You know what I immediately <laughs> went to with this? Yeah. I thought, oh, I'm going to make this as a crust for a key lime pie. Oh, yeah. yeah. How yeah. great would this be? Maybe or that put a little pie we did a couple a years little ago. gluten-free ginger snap cookies yeah. with some ground ginger. Oh my God! I can't wait to ma- make yeah. this. I love and ground nuts. You mentioned cookies because you can actually do this kind of a crust with cookies. Also, just take you know about a cup and a half of cookie crumbs and melt about four tablespoons of butter and do the same thing. Exactly. You know, some of the gluten-free cookies do not taste of the essence that they're supposed to be of. In other words, the chocolate doesn't taste like chocolate. The ginger doesn't taste like ginger. It tastes like sugar. Mm. And so sometimes I find that it's good to add a bit of a supplement, a little bit of real ground ginger, a little bit of whatever. What a great idea. Wow. Okay. Did I invent something? (laughs) Well, see, I learned something from everyone. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. You're so welcome. But really, my hat's off to you. I learned so much from you. Here we go. Pumpkin pie. This is the kind of pie that has a little jiggle in the middle (laughs) and just in the middle of the size of a silver dollar. I have to tell you, those are my favorite words to write in the book. Why? The pie should have a slight jiggle in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Say that. (laughs) You're our kind of person, Kate. Okay, Uh, it's like a sensualist, I think we are. Okay, so um, you've got the dough, an egg, a can of pumpkin, coconut milk or evaporated milk, sugar, salt, cinnamon, ginger, ground nutmeg, ground clove. Doesn't that sound good? This is such a big deal at the holidays. So that gluten-free crust is online at foodschmooze.org, thanks to the generosity of Kate. And this pumpkin pie recipe is also featured. And this comes together very quickly. We're always surprised that we can use canned pumpkin. Yes, when I, as a young woman in my 30s, went through my homesteading phase, I really did. I went out and uh, built a, I lived in a little tiny cabin with two kids and a husband. I mean, I lived in the tiny house before tiny houses were in vogue. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 325 square feet, you know. Wow. But I had a very, very large garden. You know, I was going to grow my pumpkins for my pie. Um, I found <laughs> that uh, the best pumpkin pie filling is the one that is from the can. I just really feel that they make a wonderful mix of, you know, they're growing different squashes for those pies. Mm-hmm. It's not just pumpkin. I think there's a big percentage of Hubbard squash that goes into the pumpkin pie. It's more can. consistent, right? Yes. The texture. Yeah, I found actually mine turned out to be a little stringy and watery. Mm-hmm. So get a good can of pumpkin mm-hmm. and be sure not to get the pumpkin pie mix it's you know where it's pumpkin pie filling get just the straight pumpkin okay yeah we thought it would be great 
By the way, you're just joining the show, people piling in every 15 minutes. This is Kate McDermott, who lives in the Northwest. She does these pie camps around the country and has done this book, Art of the Pie, devoted her life to pie baking, is so inspiring. I am about to set off on my own pie baking adventure. (laughs) She has given us recipes for the holidays. We've got that cranberry pie, gluten-free nut crust that is no-bake, pumpkin pie. And then we thought, let's try a savory pie. And I think this is a winner. Me too. We have this. I'm Robin. I know. We're all savory pie fans. You know, this, I was lobbied by Robin Doyon Aiken, our senior producer for this one. And I think it is a brilliant choice. This is sausage and apple pie. Oh, yeah. So the crust for this, imagine sausage and apples, mm-hmm. double cheddar cheese crust, okay? <laughs> um, the ground pork sausage, mm. the tart apples, Yum. sweet apples mm. mixed in. So you've got a little complexity there is salt and apple juice or cider, brown sugar, dried thyme, dried rosemary, and allspice. A little mm. bit of egg and water to brush things, but... Oh, would you just Yum. be in heaven coming to somebody's house? <laughs> yeah, that's comfort food. This yeah. pie? Oh, tell me about this, Kate. Well, I think this pie is the ultimate fall time comfort pie. <laughs> you take a bite oh. of it, and I watched a whole photo shoot come to a halt when when this pie when we tasted it. I, I, it was unbelievable. Oh. The truth of it is, is that when I was making this recipe, I cooked the apple juice down a little bit too long and it started to caramelize you know mm. and i thought mm. oh i wrecked it and then i tasted it and said oh my god i did not wreck this it this is even better oh man <laughs> it intensified the flavor so oh let me just tell you quickly in this last minute that we have with kate that there's a quintessential apple pie there's a berry pie peach pies rhubarb and citrus supper pies like the one we just mentioned instructions how to do this this is like a camp in two hands right here (laughs) between these two covers this is kate's Mm -hmm. camp kate you are the best i hope you will join us again i love talking with you i would be delighted to come back anytime and faith and chris and alex i hope we can all get together and make pie and share the table together oh you know you have just inspired you have inspired a faith middleton tour of the northwest with our listeners Mm -hmm. and we're going to come to pie camp how about that I would love it. You, oh, wow. you, this I would is a just date. Love it. We'll make a date. Thank you so much, Kate McDermott. Information about her book, Art of the Pie, and our website, and the recipes she's so graciously given us, and that is at foodschmooze.org. Thank you, Kate. Be happy. Make you, pie. You too. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. We are on WNPR Thursdays at three and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my sixty-second food schmoozes. I love doing them, and you know our motto, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Everybody eats when they come to mind. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little more party in your life, we're here online at foodschmooze.org. And we hope you'll talk with us on Facebook. We're at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze.